Welcome to Heartbeat Podcast. I'm your host, Cindy Bright. With my co-host, Joy Stanford, each week, we raise the voice of the black woman. We discuss issues around politics and business that are impacting brown and black people. We bring guests onto the show to discuss their work, where they're headed, the issues that are happening, both in Washington state politics and beyond. Mostly, we aim to change the hearts of corporate America and give access and opportunity to all people, where we have the opportunity for generational wealth, through earning power, access and affordability of homes, the life that brown and black people deserve that has been taken away from us. I hope you join us every week and enjoy some of these conversations. We aim to change hearts. Happy New Year's. It's 2022. I'm actually in the studio this evening uh, doing the show, and it's been two years since I've been able to come into the studio to do a show, so I'm pretty excited to be here, and I'm pretty excited on how we're going to kick this year off. Uh, Before I bring in uh, my co-host and before I bring in our guest, there's a few words and some information I want to share with all of you tonight. I'm titling this show today, I'm calling it The Voice of the Black Woman. And I'm going to focus 2022 on the voice of the Black woman as we are in a new year and we are heading into, from my perspective, one of the most uh, gross years we're all going to be facing. It's midterm year. You know that we talk regularly on the show about politics. We talk about the state of our democracy. We talk about the impact of Brown and Black people, both from the political and from the business lens of what is harming and holding Black community back. I'm, you all know I'm, I'm pretty outspoken, but you're going to see um, even more fierceness from me this year because I feel very strongly that our democracy is falling. And I feel that both political parties are not doing enough to protect and look out for the lives of Black people. And so I'm going to talk, I'm going to share a few statistics with you before I introduce my co-host and before I introduce our phenomenal guest this evening. So let me just read a few things off to you. And I'm old, so I got to put these lenses on here. So when I think about, when I look at the statistics around healthcare in the state of Washington, let me be the first to say that I do feel like in our state that we do have some leaders in our community that are uh, trying to do the right thing. Statistics are showing and growth rates year over year over progress are dismal at best. And I think I just want to say that I'm just so done with the way things are, the lack of progress or the slow progress that we are making towards advancing lives of Black people. From a healthcare perspective, we have been two years in a pandemic, now what people are referring to as an endemic. 33% of Black people that have health care, health insurance in our state are on Medicare versus 20% of other people. 12.7% of Black working age adults lack any sort of health insurance. 19% of Black working age adults who are born outside of the U.S. lack any health insurance. Childhood asthma and obesity is 32.5% for Black children versus 20.5% for others, directly linked to economic inequality and environmental factors. That's on healthcare. Let's talk about education for a moment. 
Our education system, our public education system, has become a prison-to-pipeline system for Black students. We in the state of Washington, although I think with the right hearts in the right place, are trying to do the right thing. But the statistics around the investment into the actual charter schools that are focused strictly on Black, advancing Black children and helping them is so dismal. It's 0.3% of K- K-12 funding. So we're not even getting adequate, equitable funding into our education system. And we all know that education is at the core of the heart of the matter of changing lives of Black people, of all people, but particularly Black people. Let's talk about small business in our community. Every one of us knows that any of us who have businesses in this community, what we've all been through through the pandemic has been atrocious and the support for our businesses have been little to very, almost nothing to help Black business recovery. And here are the statistics in the state of Washington. One half of 1% in the state of Washington are Black-owned businesses. And two-tenths of that 1% of the income of the state goes to Black businesses. The state of Washington's GDP, gross domestic product, is roughly $630 billion with Let me back up. The $630 billion is the GDP. This means that Black businesses get roughly $1.2 billion per year of the income. And with a 5% population, that number should be $22 billion. So you can see the suffering that Black business is doing. I can talk about housing. I can talk about the workforces, which is why I started Heartbeat, the lack of progress and diversity, the narratives that are continuing to be um, the excuses that are coming out around why we can't advance Black people into leadership, why we can't get the right earning power for Black people. I'm calling it out now because enough is enough. And we are here in 2022 where I'm predicting that the Republicans are going to take back over. And they're going to come after Black community and Black people. And they have, in fact, already empowered Black candidates lining up with the Republican Party to come out and challenge our Democratic Black women, Black and brown women who are in office. We're in a crisis. I'm saying this to our community. We're in a crisis. We're in a crisis in the state of Washington. And we are in a crisis in uh, across this country. And so that is how I'm kicking off 2022, because I don't believe we have the luxury of time anymore. And it is black women. It is black women that are out here in the forefront across this nation that are standing up and taking democracy on our backs to fight and adjust and do things to help our voting power, protect our vice president, the things that are under attack right now. And so I'm starting there tonight, and I want to welcome my co-host who's sitting right next to me because she's in studio with me tonight, Joy Stanford. Welcome back to Heartbeat with me tonight to do this conversation. This is so awesome that we're here together. Uh We got a little bit of an echo. We do have a phenomenal guest with us tonight. Um, I cannot wait for you to hear and and have a conversation with uh, our new... Uh, Director of Equity for Washington State, as appointed by Governor Inslee. Let's welcome Dr. Karen Johnson, known as Dr. J, on here this evening with us. Dr. J, welcome to Heartbeat Radio. Good to see you. (laughs) Good to see you. Happy New Year. Happy Happy New New Year to you. So you heard my impassioned speech starting off the show this evening? I did. And 
you know, I'm a morning person. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we lost power in Olympia yesterday. I've spent all day dealing with that. They finally figure it out. So I'm not even quite sure what I look like on camera because I just figured out how to get back on my right camera. Pull your pull your thing down so we can see your face. Your there you go. Yes, we want to see you, Queen. I love that. <laughs> Hello, Happy New Year, Queens. <laughs> and so I was here just minding my own business, thinking we're just gonna have a nice, lovely little chat. <laughs> we and are. You go center the voice of Black women. <laughs> now I made the mistake of opening up the book, The Color of Courage. Ooh, who wrote that book? America by Cindy Bright. <laughs> and I happened to flip to the, just opened up to page 102. Even the woke ones can be problematic. I'm like, you know what? Let me go ahead and just close this book. Because I'm here reading about how white people in general, white women in particular, are once again being uh, financed and monetized using words and language and narratives that we have that right all the time that black people, anti-racist leaders, civil rights leaders have been saying for centuries. Well, decades. decades, yes. Uh, but I'm going back to 1619 and Harriet Tubman and, and them. Uh, so yes, it's time to sort of the voice of black women. Now, if that wasn't enough, you then said enough is enough. So I had to get up and get my enough is enough <laughs> shirt, right? Loud and proud because enough is enough. And quite truthfully, I think that this is a blessing in disguise. And that's what I want to talk about. Okay. Because when I was thinking about 2022, there were several things I had the pleasure of thinking of. Number one, as the newly created Office of Equity, we get to build anew in 2022. We, we get to center equity in all of our processes, policies, programs, procedures across the state. So it's just as natural as breathing air. While we maximize the system that we have before we build the system that we need to dismantle racism uh, and, and do bold, strategic, systemic change in what we think, say, and do. And so I was thinking, well, we get to begin anew and build anew in 2022. Governor Isley refers to it as a new normal. But what really centered me, probably New Year's Eve, was like, you know what? We're going to be undefeated this year. Because the plight of black people in particular, and I know many are catching it as soon as we talk about black women and black people. I was thinking about the uh, the Israelites in Egypt back in the day, who, uh, when their leader said, you know what, let my people go, Pharaoh decides that, oh, y'all making bricks? Well, let me go ahead and remove the straw. And you still have to produce the same amount with less. I'm like, you know, the end of that story was they left with all the gold and the silver and everything they needed from the Egyptians to build their little temple to worship of their God. And the Red Sea parted and they walked on on dry land. Amen. And those who were per pursuing them decided to be follow them and drown. Now, 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 why did they have to pursue? Well, there were some plagues that came. Uh, 
frogs and flies and all kinds of things. They're small G gods. And I thought, well, you know, when things shut down in 2020, in 2020, around March, it was actually Passover. I'm like, oh, okay, then. And a couple things were uh, attacked. Uh, finances, uh, the entertainment industry, athletics, all those things that we worship shut down. Mm-hmm. Everything was fine until the news reported black and brown people are disproportionately being killed by COVID. Now it's time to open up. Mm-hmm. Uh, the older people were being killed, dying, people who were incarcerated, dying. And then they announced, oh, and by the way, black and brown people are dying at a faster rate. Now it's time to open up. Do you think back? So now Mr. Floyd decides, oh, we can open up. Good. Let me go ahead and go, go shopping. And he gets murdered that day. And because we're all home, we get to watch someone have their knee, a police officer, the first slave patrol, have their knee on this man's neck in broad daylight with his hand in his pocket a smirk on his face, staring dead into a camera as if to say, I got me one. Let me just cut off his head and mount it on the living room wall. (laughs) And because he knew what he could say because he has no melanin in his body. Now, either I was in fear of my life or he resisted arrest. So he decided the latter. And that was the initial report that came out of the Minneapolis Police Department. He was uh, uh, resisting arrest until, until the truth showed up. And suddenly, all changed. Now, people came outside because, guess what? We can open back up now. What's killing black people, old people, people who are incarcerated? Oh, yeah, we're good with that. Let's open back up. And people came out in droves, not only in this nation, but around the world. Because there was no denying it. When you turn on the television, there it was all day. You can't unsee it. And many for the first time thought, oh my God, what is going on? Well, what we've been telling y'all all about. So this is why black people now look beautiful, brilliant buoyant because we're getting our second win. It's like, we would have been through this. We we, we have not only survived, we're going to thrive in spite of all of those statistics that you gave us. And so I believe that we are going to be undefeated from this day forward. Because, you know, Harriet Tubman was free before the Emancipation Proclamation. There is no piece of paper that can free anyone. That is a state of being in a state of mind. And by the way, I've learned a thing or two that when you have had to fight all your life, you know how to fight. Mm-hmm. When you've been handed everything all your life, you don't. Our power went out in, in Olympia, Washington yesterday for a few minutes, well, a couple hours or so. And I thought to myself, well, let me see what I'm going to learn from this. So good thing I ate because there would be no way to eat with no power. 
Uh, good thing, like Grandma Alice, always kept her money close to her in her house. So do I. Well, that's good, because if I needed any, I couldn't have gotten any from an ATM. I said, well, let me go ahead and just get my little blankets and whatnot to keep myself warm if I need to, to do that. But what do people do who have never had any hardship in their life? And see, Black women who largely have had to single-handedly raise the children, uh, we know what that's like. As a matter of fact, when I think about COVID, I'm like, well, you know, actually racism is the real pandemic, but there's no vaccine. Unless, of course, we think about the vaccine called love, not as an adjective or a noun, but as a verb. Because quite truthfully, uh, for the oppression that our people have gone through, I'm absolutely surprised that white people are still alive. <laughs> because, you know, we're invisible, not seen, not heard. So it was quite easy to kill them if we wanted to. And yet there's love in our hearts. And what's going to be fascinating to me after yesterday's power outage, like, you know, we black women in particular are going to be the ones to rebuild society and reclaim the humanity of each and all of us because we're the only ones equipped and prepared mm. to operate from a heart of love for our babies mm. and mankind and can, su can survive it. Mm. Can take nothing and make something out of it, be it a meal, be it a garment. Oh, oh am I telling our secrets? Oh my goodness. <laughs> my. We are undefeated. Mm. I would, I would paraphrase what you just said, which is those of us who have suffered, those of us who have sacrificed, those of us who have sweat, that is the recipe for success. Right. It is not in the entitlement and the privilege that has been afforded to a race of people who are mm -hmm. profiting off of our backs mm -hmm. and exploiting us mm -hmm. and harming us and killing us mm -hmm. for profit. Mm -hmm, for profit. And see, so now I suspect everyone in the listening audience knows that what we refer to as racism in the 21st century is really basically greed, power, and control. Mm -hmm. Amen. Mm -hmm. yeah. Greed, power, and control. Mm -hmm. Slavery was already in existence around the world. It was not until the U.S. chattel system came into play that it be, just went on steroids because people decided that after um, the indigenous people taught them how to survive that first winter, the things they did was just rape the women and stole the land. Mm -hmm. And based on that, because they were a different race, they weren't human and then just kicked it up a notch when it came to going and getting our African king and queen uh, ancestors and bringing them over here. Uh, to to enslave them. They weren't slaves. They were enslaved to for what? Greed, power, and control. And institutionalized a system that made melanin, skin color, uh, one's lot in society. Now, how ridiculous is that? When nobody asked, none of us, what earth suit we wanted to wear to, to traverse this planet. Nobody asked me if I want to be a beautiful chocolate brown queen of African descent. Nobody asked me that. Now, I probably would have picked that earth suit, but nobody asked me. 
So how would anybody think they have the audacity to think that they're better than anyone based on the amount or lack of melanin in an earth suit over which we had no input? That just fascinates me. And so what happened was the uh, European colonizers, what they decided to do is give up their European heritage and, and created white, whiteness, and white supremacy. I'm going to talk about hoods. They hadn't showed up yet. White, whiteness, and white supremacy. And if you were white and male, then you were supreme. And everybody else, well, at that time, black people were on the curve. Black equals slave, inferior, uh, uh, dehumanized, vilified, and criminalized. And that's what we're watching play out. And now you're saying enough is enough. The state of Washington is saying enough is enough. That's why this office, the Office of Equity, was created. Because as the demographics of our states have been changing over the last few decades, it's becoming more racially and and ethnically diverse. We're glad you are. And, 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 and in those demographics, we're seeing that black and brown people, like you just said, still don't have the opportunity to reach to life, health, wealth, and well-being as, as largely white people have. Mm-hmm. And they're like, no, these inequities are deep, they're pervasive, and they're coming at great economic and social cost. So the legislature and the governor, Governor Inslee, signed in the law the bill to create this office so that we can start shifting the trajectory in this state toward equity and justice for all. And we're leading with race, anti-racism in general, anti-black racism in particular, as we're dealing with uh, equity and justice for all. Dr. Johnson, we are so glad that your department was created. What's top of agenda for you guys going into 2022? Can you can you name for us the top two things maybe you guys are striving towards working at? What what's on your agenda? Well, well, top of mind for for all of us, and you know, we, she, her, beloved, and my pronouns. And so, whenever I hear you guys, I charge <laughs> people a virtual quarter for the virtual kitty. You <laughs> all, you all, y'all, y'all, you all. Top of mind is launching the state's five-year equity strategic plan. We heard from thousands of people last year from the community, from state agencies on a couple things. We wanted to know, well, if we really are going to be an anti-racist state where, where everyone uh, flourishes and achieves their full potential, where we reduce disparities and equity, well, what is that going to look like? What does that look like? And if we really are going to create a, a state government work culture where we center equity, people get what they need to succeed, acknowledging that there is not a level playing field, and we're going to center belonging. That's like the, from the movie Cheers, where everyone knows your name and they're awful glad you came. <laughs> Sustain workforce diversity because we're already diverse. No one is like any other person. So we're already 60,000 diverse because we're not using diversity as code for racism. Amen. And if we're really going to shift that culture to, to, to do that so that anyone who comes to us in need is served in a humane way. And, and, and has their needs met and they're not feel like they're less than because they need help from the state. What is that going to look like? And we have, whoo, th- I've got some great people working with me, uh, consultants who are 
crunching that work. We've put together a, a strategic plan, and we're looking forward to 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 releasing that strategic plan. The outcome measures what we need to really focus on, largely dealing with the statistics that Cindy mentioned at the top of the hour, health, uh, education, employment, contracting, all of that. What do we need to do to do this Yeah, and develop helping agencies to then put their plans together to make it happen? So that's top of mind for us. Dr. J, as I think about, you know, the, the categories that you heard me highlight, um, you know, I, I, I think, I think a couple of things, um, there is an urgency to many, to the topics that I bring, like the politics as usual, uh, both nationally and in the state of Washington, politics as usual, um, are not going to help us this coming year. And, you know, Joy and I met before the show tonight and, one of the conversations we had was it feels like from my perspective, I'll just speak for me, like the Democrats are um, uh, have positioned themselves constantly as being um, what Michelle Obama said, taking the higher road. And our, my view is that this is a freaking street fight and black people know what it's like to be in a street fight. And so we don't have the luxury of playing nice anymore like the incremental small point this funding here and point, you know, (laughs) if we go through another legislative session that comes out on the other end and they've only, they've got a short session this year. So they've got 60 days in and, and then we're heading into midterm elections across this country where the Republicans are about to take over. What insight do you have about the, are, are the Democrats, is Governor Inslee, are they taking this as a street fight? Are they coming out swinging? Is this going to be, are we going to actually progress and put some higher funding into Black community? Are we going to level out Black business investment? Are we going to help our kids get out of prison pipelines and help education and actually put funding in non-traditional systems to help our kids? Do we have to continue to kowtow to the Washington Education Association, the union that's controlling everything in the state and controlling teachers and white teachers and white teachers pay when and we have alternatives to help our children. Why are we still dancing around these topics as a state? Why are we not listening to the voices of black community and putting an urgency about it? And by the way, equity is not about spending 0.2% into um, a system when uh, the white system has um, you know, double digit investment into it. Equity is about um, leveling that playing field, which means you need more investment to it. What's your sense about our legislature, uh, our legislative session that's coming up? Well, I remember now, remember I opened with, we're undefeated. And, and I believe that. <laughs> and I am, you know, it's yet to be seen. And I don't, I, and I'm getting ready to learn how this rolls in a short session versus a long any session because this is our first time in existence in, in any session. Yeah, based on what I saw come out of session the legislature last year, and the conversations I've had with legislators from the House and the Senate, both Republican and Democratic, I am hopeful, and that people are going to maximize the moment and go big and go bold, recognizing that 
since we don't have the inequities are so great, equity is going to require prioritizing and distributing resources to people who have been systematically excluded and institutionally oppressed. And there are conversations going on across legislative committees now in terms of the uh, cannabis shops and in terms of education even what are what is the best way to educate the children you know in contracting for especially for black businesses you know how we're going to create a black wealth and mm-hmm. these are conversations that I've had an opportunity to participate in uh, last year and my in our world few months those nine months last year and I'm I'm hopeful so like I said it, it, when the rubber meets the road we will see but it is, I do believe that people understand it is not business as usual. This is not business as usual. And I think many are understanding that Black people in particular and other people of color in general are used to street fights. And that in order to get through this, uh, those who don't have it, no problem, just step aside mm-hmm. and just let us know what to do, do it. Just get, up, mm-hmm. get on out of the way. And... And I think, you know, one of my call to actions tonight is we're just going to have to unseat these legislators this year. Like, uh, you know, many of us are out here putting cash in their pockets. Uh, you know, their fundraising uh, will come back uh, in March that uh, they're reaching out and needing us to fund their campaigns. I think every one of our listeners uh, should be paying attention and looking at the voting records and what these um, elected officials are doing. And I mean, both parties. Um the, things are about to get very nasty because we were just talking about two particular races that uh, the Republicans have unleashed two black people to run against two uh, women of color who are elected officials right now. So it's about to get this street fight is about to get real, real. I think I need to take a quick commercial break real quick. Can we pause here for just a second, Dr. J, and pick back up after the commercials here? Welcome back to Heartbeat Radio. This is your host, Cindy Bright. Uh, Thank you for joining us all tonight. We uh, have co-host Joy Stanford here. Uh, We're actually in studio for the first time uh, in two years for me. Uh, And we have Dr. Karen Johnson, the Director of uh, Equity for Washington State, as appointed by Governor Inslee. And um, I think uh, between my church speech and Dr. Jay's uh, speeches, too, we were we were talking about what's real, um, what's real and what's going on in black community and why, um, you know, my words are the voice of the black women are important right now uh, and why black women are literally the people changing and preserving democracy in this country. And so for that reason, uh, I have um, said that for 2022, Heartbeat Radio is going bolder. Uh, as a matter of fact, I forgot to announce in my opening, I've uh, extended this to become a podcast also. So I'm extending my audience so that we start getting these messages across our country also. We don't have enough Black women voices uh, speaking truth, uh, calling out what is going on. Uh, and holding uh, both uh, political, legislative, elected officials accountable uh, 
uh, and raising the bar for the people that we are sponsoring and putting into office. There's more to come on that in future shows. But uh, Dr. J, I'm going to let you pick back up because you were talking about it's not business as usual. And I'd like you to pick back up on that. You had indicated that you have been having conversations with uh, Governor Inslee and you've had some insight about some of the legislators and there appears to be an urgency uh, around not business as usual. Uh, do you want to pick back up there? Yes. And, and I think that's probably a gift of the COVID, quite truthfully, because part of that, many were comfortable, possibly even me. And, and so this took all of us off of our square, out of comfort, into a different mindset. Mm-hmm. And I believe that the the governor just signed a, an executive order directive, I'm not sure, on a poverty, reducing poverty. And we know anti-poverty work is anti-racist work, and both are the work of equity. We can't even talk about equity without dealing with poverty and and racism. And so, yes, I do believe that people are experiencing a sense of urgency. Now, I haven't been on the news at all lately, so I'm, I'm gathering from you that things have really accelerated in the political arena. And I would imagine if it appears as though the the Republicans are getting their act together to take over all the legislative bodies, I would imagine that that has created for Democrats a sense of urgency. Mm -hmm. And and see, in listening during the break, the the young man said, everybody, everybody, we need everybody right now. And the only ones who can bring in everybody are are, are black women. Mm -hmm. Another one said, uh, uh, we're all, when we're, when we're we're stronger, when we're all protected. Well, I believe that in, in this hour, we are all going to be really protected when we come together and realize that everybody is affected by racism. Mm-hmm. Heather McGee wrote a book entitled "The Sum of Us," S U M of Us. What racism costs everybody, and how we can prosper together. I highly commend it. And, and, and because it is time to come into solidarity, racism, oppression, marginalization does not grade on a curve. And, and mm-hmm. all of us have been harmed by this. It, it is not healthy, be it from the oppressed or those who are doing the oppressing. It's not healthy for and, anyone. And what a shame it is that it takes a, a pandemic to create an urgency in providing health care or uh, uh, taking care of people. What if? What a pathetic statement that um, we have to, we as black women have to continue to tell white people that when you, when we prosper, we all, all of us prosper because they don't think of us that way, but we're constantly the women. We're constantly the people who are looking out for the broader communities and broader people. We are raised that way to look out and care for other people. Mm -hmm. And so I know we can't, Look, you you mentioned when you, I'm glad you got my book that I sent to you. Um, but I, you know, I'm calling that stuff out because we have a demographic of women uh, in this country who are upholding the patriarchy because they want greed, power, and money. And they don't care about our lives, our families, none of us. Um, it's in the news every day. In fact, I made a whole list of social issues that Joy and I could talk about uh, today. We're watching um, women... Uh, who will uphold, uh, you know, sex trafficking and do sell other women for profit to, to be able to have power. Um, we're watching, uh, there's just so much we can all say about this, but as black women, 
we are the people who are putting our communities on our back and speaking out at risk. And let me tell you, I have had some interesting stuff happening lately because I'm speaking out. They don't want our voices heard. They don't want our lives. They don't want our lives to matter. And so, and I'm just putting, you know, I'm calling out the legislators too, because I don't want to see business as usual this year. You know, Joy and I both ran for office here. We both stepped into this and have been trying to support and help. We do so much work behind the scenes that we don't post on social media for recognition. We're out here doing work to try to help advance the lives of other people. Joy, do you have some comments well, to make about it's that? It's so interesting that, <laughs> I don't think my mic's on. It's, it's so interesting that we, we know the legislators that are doing the work and those are the legislators that are being challenged mm-hmm. by black men. Exactly. Year, which I find highly, highly problematic that you would put a black man up against another black woman or woman of color and say they're going to do more work than she's doing. She's already done the work. She's putting mm-hmm. the work in. They have receipts, as I like to say. We, they've got receipts. That's problematic. And I think it's it's something that people are going to look at and they're just not going to understand. They need to do their homework behind each mm. and every person in your voter pamphlet. Good what have out. they done? What what was their mm. what was their vote call? You need to mm. look at everyone in your community that's mm. going to be on the uh, ballot this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and Dr. Johnson, I just want to say, I am super excited that your department, that you are there doing that work. Cause we've all been out here doing it in the community, but now there's a department within our state that's doing it. And I want to say thank you um, because we can't do this by ourselves. And what we're doing now that we're not elected I like to say we could do this. Stuff. We do this more. We can We're be bolder. Yeah, we can be bolder. <laughs> we can be a little um, bit, you know, more outspoken than our than our sisters, our brothers and sisters that are in the legislature. So, yeah, and Joy, I want to I'm going to amplify what you just said uh, because I think it's really important that our community understand the substance of what you just said. So, in our cities, so I'm going to use Kent as an example. Mm-hmm. Where, the, where there is predominantly black people and we have elected officials that are brown and black there. That is a community that the Republicans are empowering black men to challenge the brown and black women that are elected officials. And what we're saying to our community is that we need to pay attention to what is going on because they're going to come out and take, what was the guy's name that, came out and was, you know, I'm trying not, I'm trying to be respectful and not use the terms that are going through my head right now, but, um, <laughs> you know, they're going to use pawns of people and they're going to use black people as their pawns to portray. And I, so <laughs> I'm dancing around it because I don't want to be disrespectful, but, you know, I believe in black community, we have to be particularly careful. And the danger is that the Democrats that are in these positions already, the Democrats on a national level are part of the problem. And so when we think about, they're a big part of the problem. When we think about what black people have done to get the president elected, and then he's still dancing around 
counseling student debt or doing the things that help support and lift up black communities. And so the translation of that is we're happy to take you black women out there to work like dogs to get us elected. But then as soon as we get in office, it's four years before you hear from us again. And then, oh, we're going to come back to you and we need your money to help us get reelected. That is that behavior is rampant in Washington state also. So let's be clear about that. And let's also be clear about that. We do have some brown and black elected officials who are in office and some who have been there for a long time and who are blocking access. If you think about education, blocking access for progress for black people. And so we need to, we need to get real about what's really going on and unseat these elected officials that shouldn't have power and protect the ones that have been in there fighting that are going to attempt it to be unseated by the black people, Republican people that they're putting to challenge these races. We will be able to speak more candid on this once we start to see who's actually filing for office. Yeah, who's announced. But we will be damn sure we will be sharing this on this show to help the community to understand what's really going on. I'm sorry, did I just take five minutes of preaching again? So... No, no, no need to apologize. And that's the other thing. <laughs> it is time to show up unapologetically. Just mm. to show up. And you had to go drop the P word. Patriarchy. I'm like, you know, I'm going, Which word did I drop? Patriarchy. Oh, <laughs> the patriarchy. She called it the, like, P word. the P word. I'm like, oh, I'm going to have to I thought I swore accidentally. Joy, you asked me top of mind. I, I've been thinking just yesterday. I'm like, oh, am I going to have to go there? Because if we think about it, at least back in my day, last century, when affirmative action was a thing, white women were considered part of an affirmative action group back in the day, last century. And now in the 21st century, looking at the data, they are the greatest benefactor of affirmative action. Read the book. Read, <laughs> read the, the book. book. <laughs> and so then, oh, read the book. And so then, you know, I was thinking about that and I'm thinking about just some of the stories that I hear and experiences that I've had. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, wait a minute. It seems like the behaviors that we're trying to fight against, they have taken on themselves and are now implementing. And, and see, this also goes with black people because once we think of where we've been indoctrinated and socialized in a, in a culture, and that's why it's going to require countercultural revolutionaries who are, and their, their weapon is love, back to the love for humanity, to do this work. I really believe that the Avengers Endgame ought to be mandatory viewing Hello. for all the black women who are coming forth because the work in this hour is to reclaim humanity mm-hmm. and rebuild society. And it's going to take everyone showing up in their gift. Now that takes us back to black Panther to understand, especially black people that we don't, we don't have the gift. We are the gift. We are the vibranium. Wakanda forever. <laughs> because we don't want to be too large because we know what happens when we do that. We get killed. So we've been hiding the gift, but it's this gift that's needed now in order to reclaim humanity, rebuild society, Avengers Endgame. And when you looked at that movie, I don't know. Now, I was down here in Olympia, so uh, now you know I had to stand up when uh, 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 the light shows and I see three figures, King T'Challa, Shuri, and Okoye. I'm like, oh, I had to stand up for Wakanda forever. <laughs> but at the end of the battle, as we're really intense, 
who got it over the finish line was when Captain Marvel shows up. And he says, uh, I'm Peter Parker. She says, hello, Peter Parker. You got something for me. <laughs> he says, I do, but I don't know how you'll get it through. And here they come. Bam. Yep. She is not alone. She's got help. I'm like, you know what? There are the black people, the first ones to the battle. Mm-hmm. And then it was the women who took it on in. Because, mm-hmm. see, it is women through whom life comes through our bodies. Life enters this planet through the women. And it's going to take women, particularly black women, to say, okay, you know what? Enough is enough. Let's all, let's er, 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 everybody, come on now. <laughs> it is time to make sure that we have a, a, a place for our children, our grandchildren, mm-hmm. down to the seven generations to live and thrive mm-hmm. and maximize their potential. And, you know, Dr. J, to emphasize that, you know, there are some things, again, for those of you who have read my book, I have a whole section on um, steps that particularly white uh, women can take uh, to um, help in this situation. Um, there are several things I would say right now, right? Um, um, one is like, get over yourself and step aside. Like it, this whole notion, I think you were alluding to it a few minutes ago with, you know, gender has been used as the quote unquote diversity statistic, which has only propelled white women. And, um, and while I'm not putting every white woman in the same category, my white women, people know who they are. Thank you. I was going <laughs> well, to, they know who they are. And we actually are you. doing a show. Joy and yes. I were talking about that. We're doing uh, a white woman, a badass white woman show coming up here soon. Cause there are white women who fight this fight alongside um, of us, alongside of us, but the performative white women, um, and the white women who are only um, looking out for themselves, um, although they would say something different, the decisions that they make um, is about self and self only. We need you to s- just step aside right now. Um, you're going to have to learn to sacrifice and you're going to have to learn to just move over and let us lead because we we can't get out. We can't save democracy without black women being at the forefront. That is a fact. White women have not been street fighters. We have been. Um, You were using different examples, Dr. J, about some of the different things we do. We've just got to, we've just got to get, you know, ourselves into elected office in drones this year so that we can, so that we can have power to make decisions and put policy and make decisions that impact black lives. Joy and I have been in a lot of conversation about that lately, about what that's going to look like for 2022. But um, we really need Black women leadership, period. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. So now that's the other thing, top of mind, Joy, that I was thinking about. What can the Office of Equity do? Do we even want to take the cover off of the P word? paternalism, patriarchy, and do we want to deal with the conversations that need to be had between black women and white women, as well as black people and brown people? Mm. Real conversations, because see, Mm -hmm. all of us have actually learned, if we wanted to, how to survive in this system. I know I mastered the skills that last century. Dad said, if you go play the game, you got to learn the rules. I learned from Mm -hmm. the white male masters who Mm -hmm. were as good old boys. 
so so if I was wanted to play, I knew the rules it's of chapter the two. I was just gonna right. say chapter two <laughs> chapter in the book two. of Cindy. Oh, okay, I can wait to read the good old boy. She's got the white ladies. <laughs> She's got them all right now. We have to understand that you know I have a T-shirt that uh, has written on it: "The uh, Black Queen is the most powerful piece on the board." And I was looking at that the other day, and I thought, well, no, actually, the most powerful piece is the one who moves the pieces. Yeah. That, that's mm-hmm. who I think our office is going to be this year. That's who I decided mm-hmm. I'm going to be. I'm not going to be uh, the queen on the board. No, what we're going to do is just move the pieces. And I think that we can. And I think that's what we're talking about, um, Barbara. Jordan, Shirley Chisholm, mm-hmm. they did not hold back. They, they were legislators, black women, did not hold back. They said what they needed to say in that hour. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I believe that through reflection, through prayer, through strategic, uh, intentional relationships, and just flat out enough is enough, we're going to get this done and we're going to be undefeated. Because we're going to apologetically show up in all of our essence, all of our womanhood, all of our blackness, and be the voice for those who cannot be the voice. And we're going to embrace everyone who is about the business of, like you talked about, our democracy. Because as we know, this is the only reason why we're as far as we are is because of the work of led by black people, Mm -hmm. women. You know, those who have been systematically excluded. Mm-hmm. And it all comes from a lack mentality, the belief that there's not enough for all, as opposed to an abundance mentality. Because if we really believed that there was more than enough for everyone, well, how would we act? And if we really believe that we're undefeated here in 2022, what would we do? Mm-hmm. The, the operative question from the Office of Equity that we've been asking all year, which is what the last few days, what are you going to do in 2022? What are you going to do in, in 2022? And I believe in order for anyone to answer that, we first have to understand who we are and are we going to show up and be the gift, the answer to the problem that we were created to solve? Mm. I'm excited. <laughs> we're excited you're here. We're excited you're a part of the process. This is it. Washington State. This is it. This is it. And with the weapon of love, and for that, I'm like, we'll live our values every day. What do we really value? What do we value? Do we value people? Okay, well, let's live that. What does that look like? Well, let's just do this. We don't need any more trainings. We don't need any more books. Mm -hmm. We don't need books or training to create this system. We don't need any more committees to get together. Based on a lie, white is supreme. Everybody else is. That's a lie. So let's just go ahead and get rid of the lie. Let's tell the truth. So do some truth telling so we can have some healing and forgiveness and move into reconciliation and transformation. What did I saw this one? um, I think it was on YouTube where there was something going viral this year uh, with a black woman who uh, had a similar tone to me. So I know my tone is pretty like uh, enough is enough, right? Like we're just all at this point where, um, you know, I'm older. And so I've been living with this my entire life, but she said, um, she said, white people are lucky that we're just fighting for equity and that we're not trying to get even. Oh, see. <laughs> because she told the secret. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we were trying to get even. Oh my God. Like, um, yeah, that would have been a long time ago. That would have been, been a long time ago. Been yeah. We have yeah. studied them. We know how they work. 
100. If we as a people wanted to take white people out, they would have been gone. <laughs> yes. Seriously, I'm not I'm not even being malicious or, or mean or nasty. Mm-hmm. But we have, we have studied the game and we know how they are. We know the game. Mm-hmm. In, in, in any war, if you do not study your opponent, mm-hmm. you're going to lose. Mm-hmm. When you're invisible. See, I'm going to write the book entitled Invisibility Has Its Benefits. Now, that's what I'm going to tell you. I can't write that yet because I can't put all our secrets out there. But this is, these are the benefits of being invisible. Mm-hmm. One, if you don't mm-hmm. see us, you'll never. And if you then don't even consider us worthy, a worthy opponent, you will be jacked up every time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, no, we're not trying to get even. We're just like, leave us alone. We're human, too. Mm-hmm. Our creator created us just like he else created you. Mm-hmm. And Before so we close out uh, this today, dialogue, let me say this one thing. So okay. this whole dialogue really about any of us. It, it's really about the creator and whomever they choose that to be and, and, and the creator's divine wisdom. Because mm-hmm. none of us created any of us or ourselves, didn't choose our earth suits. And so really, this, this, this is, a, as far as I'm concerned, this is a serious battle that's in a whole other realm. I'm going to sit back and watch this, but I'm going to be undefeated and unapologetic with mm-hmm. me and encourage everybody else to do the same as we go forth. Yes, Cindy and I came out with that in 2021. We were just going to be unapologetically mm-hmm. who we were. We were that's not right. elected in the office and we had a, there was a bigger plan and purpose mm-hmm. for us. Right. And, and now we're diving into that plan and that mm-hmm. purpose. Let me, right. um, before we close out, uh, Dr. J, you know, there's a quote that I, I just want to read um, that you posted that I want to post it earlier today. Um, and it's the um, Desmond Tutu. And he said, I am not interested in picking up crumbs of compassion from can't see good. My glasses are horrible tonight. I'm not interested in picking up crumbs of compassion thrown from the table of someone who considers himself my master. I want the full menu of rights. And with his passing in the last couple of weeks, that is simply what we are doing. We are done accepting the crumbs. We are done accepting the 0.3% investment. We are done being the low on the totem pole when it comes to leadership and wealth and earning power. We are done being the last people that get access to education. It is time in this country. It is time in the state of Washington that things change. And so with that, I just want to, um, Dr. J, thank you so much for coming on and having this conversation with us tonight. We are sending you some prayer uh, and love for a legislative session that starts uh, next week on January the 10th. Uh, thank you for coming on. I hope we can call you back in after session Absolutely. to get an update from you. Absolutely. Uh, I want to thank Joy, my co-host here, for being on here with me every week. And to our audience who uh, is here every week, thank you for joining us tonight and engaging in this conversation with us. I see some of my people that were on tonight. I love you, Edie Edwards. I see I didn't even know you were paying attention to my show. So, uh, <laughs> and yeah. Um, <laughs> snow, Gwenny, yeah. like the regular yeah. women who are out here fighting uh, for change and supporting our work. So, um, with you. love to all of you, thank you for joining us tonight. Everybody, have a good evening, and we'll be back on air next Wednesday, same time, same place. Have a good evening. Nice to see you. Thank you, Queens. <laughs>